Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. Welcome back, beautiful mamas, to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth podcast. Nicola and I are excited to introduce you to a guest that we have invited in today. We have Elise Filippo from the Wellness Within studio um, on the Gold Coast with us today. Now, Elise is a chiropractor who works with families and has a particular interest in pregnancy care, infants and children. Her love uh, for chiropractic began following her own uh, a personal injury she had when she realised that chiropractic care takes a more holistic approach. Since completing her master's in chiropractic, she's also taken on a postgrad education in paediatric and family chiropractic and also has experience in managing pre and post tongue tie care and pregnancy conditions and retained primitive reflexes there we go welcome Good Elise. Hi. thank you you got through that <laughs> that was a tongue tie yeah. <laughs> oh well thank you for joining us so we've got you pleasure. in the studio so we're actually like Ooh, it's so nice yeah. to you know be face to face it is yeah so please tell us about yourself how did you find the calling to becoming a a chiropractor and especially working more with women in pregnancy and babies and, and children. Yeah, well, I've always had a huge interest in pregnant women. Um, I used to massage before I became a chiropractor and I just loved watching how much you could help a woman and support her during her pregnancy to just be more comfortable. And so that was really basic when I was working doing the massage. And then I decided there had to be more that I could do. So I started studying chiropractic and then I learned over time that if you get pregnant women, you end up with babies and children. It just happens. <laughs> and so I was really surprised but found out I absolutely love working with little ones. I think they're lots of fun. And if you can start working on things from the moment that they're born, you can help to set them up for a really great life, which I absolutely love doing. And yeah, there's just so much you can do for them and for mums. So yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about this before we started today. So tell me, <clears throat> tell me the difference between Cairo and osteo and why a mum would choose to see you opposed to maybe perhaps osteo. And, you know, for me, we were saying this before is that I now have a different viewpoint of chiropractic because I send my children to see a beautiful chiropractor too. Um, but I was always very dominant to osteo before, osteopaths. Um, so tell us the difference of, you know, it's not this big go in and clink, clink and bang, bang and <laughs> off you go 10 minutes and you're out the door. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not whether it's one or the other, it's finding what's right for you and your family. That's the most important thing. And with osteophysio chiro, we're all working on the body. We've just got slightly different ways that we approach it. Mm. Um, so, and as you're saying with chiropractic there, they are known for a bit of that clink clink crack crack that's what we're known for but um, with chiropractic um, what we're working on is how the brain is actually communicating with your body through your spinal cord and all those nerves it sends out all the information to every part of your body it controls all the functions and then it receives all the information back up to the brain and adapts to whatever changes it needs to make 
and there's many different techniques that you can use to influence that system. So whilst we're known for that cracking, which there's nothing wrong with that, it's actually a really great technique. Um, however, I found that working with little ones and with pregnant women, that you can actually use really gentle techniques and get the same results from that. So with mums, I use a little device called an activator. It's a little clicky gun. Mm. And so it vibrates joints and gets them to move so that flow of information for the nervous system can get through and the brain makes changes then. And for little little barbs especially, you're looking like if you put your finger on your like eyeball and press, that's probably the pressure I'm using when I'm adjusting little bubs. That's amazing. Yeah, so super gentle, so but really specific. Safe. Yeah, mm. yeah. Beautiful. I take my kids to a chiropractor as well, and definitely my kids are now like, "Mum, I think I need to go and see see <laughs> oh, our chiro." That because, so happens. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like my this is out, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah. let's let's book you in," because yeah. I've. Definitely, they do. Yeah, especially now that they play a lot of sports, my kids, and they're getting knocks and things like that through footy. My son is so funny. He's like, Mum, I think I need to look in. It's good. He's looking after himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So can you just maybe explain to us maybe the benefits of chiropractic care um, before pregnancy, Mm. during pregnancy for women? Yeah, so obviously like as I was talking, your brain needs to be able to communicate clearly to every part of your body. So your muscles, your joints, it um, controls your chemical and hormonal levels. That's just what your brain does. And so we want that flow of information to be really clear to all those areas so that your body can regulate itself well. And what can happen is we've all got stress and different stresses that will be in our lives all the time. And most of the time, our lifestyles are actually more stressful than what our brain and body can handle. That's pretty normal for most of us. So if you think you've got your physical stresses that we put ourselves under, your emotional stresses and mental stress, and then we've got our nutritional stresses. And so what can happen is they build up and then all of a sudden areas in your spine and pelvis and cranials will lock just to keep going. And then that flow of information, your brain's not able to see what's actually going on in your body clearly. So by getting everything moving again, then the brain can see what it hasn't been doing and start to correct. Um, And then you can thrive and flourish and all those good things Mm, yeah love that I definitely spent a lot of time getting my body ready for pregnancy and I had problems with my pelvis from an injury so I knew how important it was but I still couldn't believe being I was 42 weeks and I went to see my osteo down in, in Sydney and the benefit of having that space he he released something in the body so that she had more room to sort of move further down into the pelvis and opened up my ribs and I walked out of there feeling like a completely (laughs) different person and knew that my body was, you know, getting ready then after that session. So tell us about the importance of preparing for that birth when you come to see you. So important. So I obviously love to see mums from as, if I can see them before they're pregnant to help your body be aligned, but even in your second trimester, your third trimester, whenever you decide that you want to come in I usually love to see mums at least by the third trimester because it gives you time to really make some changes Um, but yeah so what you're working on with mums you want to make sure that your pelvis is aligned it's pretty simple if your pelvis is not aligned and you're trying to push a baby out it's going to be a little bit harder Mm. (laughs) so if your pelvis is aligned not only is it great for birth but it also helps during your pregnancy because if your pelvis is aligned then that allows for the ligaments and the muscles to be more relaxed and then there's more space for baby to move around and we know that it's important for baby in utero to be able to move for their own developmental purposes 
but also to help them get into the correct position for birth. So the more space you have, then baby can do what it needs to do. And yes, that's super important. Mm. And then we also know that um, if your little one is able to get into the right position, then they're able to put their head evenly on your cervix when you're in labour. And when your baby is doing that, it's able to help the cervix to effectively dilate, which is... Yes. wonderful thing you want that oh you definitely want that and then the other thing that's super important for mums um is that when you're getting adjusted it's helping to tell your brain to relax your pelvic floor so obviously you need to have, be able to contract your pelvic floor in labor but you also need to be able to relax it so that baby can come out so that's something that just getting your brain t- um, switching all of that on super super important would you say that how we as humans now um, are living our life, m- most of the time we're sitting for long periods of time, we're not moving, we're sitting at desks, we're on devices, um, can that affect the, the the alignment in the pelvis and therefore maybe not give the baby enough space to get into a good position, causing maybe babies to be more breech or posterior or yeah yeah, deflex head positions and things like that is that what you do you find that you have more I guess women who maybe have I know and I understand that there is a lot of uh uh like we can't help but sit (laughs) for for some sometimes like Mm. in the car and things like that 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 you know driving a long way to work each day but does that affect things yeah, anything that you do repetitively, it's those physical stresses that we put in our body, then the brain's got to try and adapt and it can cope and it's pretty clever. So it'll be like, okay, we're sitting for a long time, I'm going to switch these muscles on, I'm going to do this. But if we keep doing something over and over, it gets to a point where, as I was saying before, the brain goes, this is too much for me, I'm just going to lock into certain positions to cope in this. And that's what can cause then different muscles to tighten, ligaments to tighten, and then it's harder for a baby to be where it needs to be or you get uncomfortable. And so... Again, like working, I love a multimodal approach when I'm working with pregnant women. So if they're doing things like Pilates or yoga or seeing mm. a physio to get the right stretches that they need and checking their pelvic floor and making sure they're strengthening their pelvic floor if they need to, like different things that they need to do. But yeah, if you're doing anything repetitively, it's going to put stress onto your body. So it could be that you find that you might be in a lot of pain when you're a bit more pregnant and along that journey. And so you're like, all I can do is sit in this position and it's the only thing I can do. But then you've got to make sure that, okay, how what can we achieve to get some movement into that area to help your brain go, oh, okay, I can get that information again and, yeah, adapt. Are you able to explain a little bit about, um, it, like, pelvic girdle pain or that mm, pubic, pubic symphysis? symphysis. That I have that. is something mm. that I find a lot of women are, are suffering with, the, the, the pain of the, the ligaments mm-hmm. softening from, from the hormones and things like that and... Um, What's, what's happening there? So that can be to do with um, how the actual pubic bone is holding and sitting. So if it's usually they're getting it because there's this shearing action going with your pubic bone because it's not able to be supported because the ligaments are either too tight one way, too weak, some another direction. And um, so I find that if we can get everything aligned again and then I'd be getting them to stabilise with their female physio with whatever exercises they need to be doing there and then they might be needing some those really sexy um, pregnancy tights yeah, <laughs> to help the support, support the support mm, belt. Support mm. belt. So mm. it's, it can be because of repetitive things they're doing. It can be because there's ligament laxity towards the end. Um, it can be because they've just had an imbalance in their pelvis muscles for a long time and then pregnancy adds stress on top of that and so then it gets worse and then you start to notice pain. Because your brain's really clever. It can, like, 
handle quite a bit of stress, but then we'll do something that tips it over the edge. And if you think you're growing a baby, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now I'm sore. So it was able to handle that maybe you had a slight twist in your pelvis or maybe you had one leg that was a little bit shorter than the other and it could handle that, but then it reaches that point and it can't. So it's trying to do things to prevent it as best as you can. Um, But then sometimes if you do have it, then we've got to work on what you need to help support. So it's not just them coming and just getting an adjustment and then they go back to doing exactly what they were doing before. There has to be some kind of, well, I guess lifestyle changes or being more mindful of positions and sitting yeah, and things like that. Super so important. is that something that you also provide in regards to like education? Because I think this is just not mm, something that true. women are aware of. They don't yeah. think, oh, I, you know... I need to just be mindful of how long I'm sitting in the yeah. couch for, especially if I've been sitting in the car mm-hmm. and at a desk all day. And So do you yeah. really provide the education to help them manage that? Yeah, that's something that we talk about. We discuss different different sitting positions, like whether they can sit for this long, like finding out how long they can do something for before it irritates them and go, okay, this is what you can manage. Let's do it up to that level for you and then you need to get up and move or you need to change that position and go into another position. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be really helpful for them but... A lot of the time, as you ladies would know, it's that as you get further on in your pregnancy, sitting in the couch, not a great position for you and no. it's not a great position for Bub to get in its ideal position either. So they have to start adapting mm-hmm. over time and go, okay, well, I've got to put my body into a different position to take stress off it. So, yeah, we do talk about that and then, yeah. I think that pubic symphysis is something that's not really talked about enough. And and it's painful from what I've heard. It is the most mm-hmm. excruciating pain mm-hmm. I think I've ever experienced. So I was pretty happy to have that pregnancy done because of it yeah um and i remember it's like a hot searing pain that just drives through the pubic mm-hmm. bone and it just feels so intense um and nothing seemed to you know alleviate that pain for me maybe now and again it would be it would be good if i had mm-hmm. that that adjustment but yeah i used to walk around with a continual like heat pack or a cold pack down my undies <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> but i think it's really hard because a lot of women don't understand how to help themselves with that mm. round ligament pain, pubic symphysis. And yeah. I always say to everybody, it's really important to go see somebody rather than yeah. just put up with it. And like oh, actually definitely. yesterday was a pure example. I went to see a, a lady that's about to have her baby, home birth, and she's sitting in a rocking chair and her whole pelvis is, you know, tilted mm-hmm. and I her whole back's rounded and I just had to remind her of that. And she said, oh, my goodness, I would have never have known that. That's it. Um, yeah. And so then I helped her just to understand that actually at, you know, 38 weeks, how about lay down on your side and prop yourself up if you're going <laughs> to relax? Yeah. <laughs> Sitting isn't the best idea. But, yeah, we were talking about seeing osteo or Cairo and just getting that education as well, especially for postpartum, for yeah. breastfeeding and things as well, right? Huge. So... Yeah, we'll go on to that in a second. But there's so many things. And and the work that I've done in the past is with pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pregnant women think that they've got to do a million <laughs> kegels through their pregnancy. Really strengthen that pelvic floor. Get that pelvic yeah. floor working. Because you're worried about the aftermath, so you want to get it really strong. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. what we've got to remember is that that muscle has got to also relax mm-hmm. to be able to birth your baby. Yeah. So... What I'm seeing as a common thread and have done over the last, you know, 15, 20 years is the hypertonic pelvic floor, which is, was my journey. Yeah. I had no idea until I birthed my first baby. Uh, you know, obstetrician mm-hmm. says, 
wow, that's some pelvic floor that you've just <laughs> you've built up there. And um, and I not to be a hero about either because it was it actually in you know it it kind of changed the way that my birth went. Yeah. But a lot of women are seeing you know health providers who are saying you know do your five six kegels a day and make sure you're spending time on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just use your breath. Yes, so important. Just use your and breath. Things <laughs> anything in life needs to be balanced. Mm. So. If you've got a really tight pelvic floor, that's great, but you've got to be able to switch it off and relax it. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's why breath work's really good mm. and bringing their awareness to that area and just learning how to do both <laughs> can be really important. <laughs> just understanding it, I think. Mm. It was never – I mean, oh, back so when I had my about children, yeah. I mean, my son's 11 now, my daughter's 8. It was – the pelvic floor was never spoken mm. about back then, mm. not by – any of my medical caregivers or mm-hmm. so I had no idea so I was sitting in the car going squeeze yeah. it up yeah let it go yeah. squeeze <laughs> it up let it go I mean I you know thank goodness had no issues with birthing my babies and had no injury or tearing or anything like that and recovery was really good but then I I might have shared this in other episodes you know got to that six week mark at <laughs> maybe eight weeks and then I went and did trampoline oh. exercises oh my goodness. at the gym bouncing on this trampoline <laughs> with these big milk filled breasts almost <laughs> knocking me out but never even considered or thought about the pelvic mm. floor and none of the trainers ever questioned me and I put my daughter in the crate so they knew I had a baby and they never said no, 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 this is too high impact for you so soon <laughs> after birth. Thank God I didn't wee myself. But or it give was yourself a prolapse. Yes. <laughs> oh, but it, it was ne- – I'd never even heard of what a prolapse was mm. then. So it's this is why it's so important we talk about yeah. this and at any any stage we can just gently share with a woman to go, have you thought about this? Yeah. And, and it's not to, to tell anyone that um, – there's only one way or you should only see a chiro or an osteo mm-hmm. or a women's health physio or anything like that. It's just bringing an awareness to kind of – and that's yeah. where it's not – it's so beautiful to see practitioners like yourself. It's not just about them coming in, you adjusting them. There's got to be education around mm-hmm. it so there's an understanding so that they can go, oh, okay, I understand this. Mm-hmm. And then if they pick up something that's not right, that they trust that and then can come to you mm-hmm. and go – I remember you mentioning this. This is what I'm experiencing. Yeah, that's what I'm loving. And I'm loving with all the healthcare workers that um, we're surrounding ourselves with is that we're all talking about the same things Mm. so that women are starting to hear it from a few different angles and a few different sources. So it's starting to sink in for them as well. And they're they're starting to really feel more empowered because they're understanding their own bodies, they're understanding what birth entails, what pregnancy entails and what they can do to help themselves. And so I think the more we can tell them, the better like it's but it is exciting i'm noticing more and more people are starting to talk about it like what you ladies are doing which is really cool so do you do pelvic floor um you know massaging or at least pelvic floor you know all around the muscles of the pelvic floor like the adductors the glutes all into so do you make that as part of a treatment for pelvic floor relaxation so what I do, most of the time what I'm doing is anything to do with how the brain's getting information to those areas. Okay. Because if the brain is not getting the information clearly to any of those muscles or ligaments or joints, then you can massage things and you can stretch things mm-hmm. till the cows come home and they'll get a little bit better. But the brain will just be wanting to go back to what it knows. So 
my main job is to make sure that things are moving correctly in your spine and pelvis and cranial so that the brain goes, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. And then I'll do some muscle releases and different things if I'm like, that's just so tight, I need to work on that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I'll be working with a women's health physio to make sure that Brilliant. internally everything's doing what it's meant to be doing. And But yeah, if the brain's getting the messages, it goes, oh, that's too tight, I need to relax that. Or, oh, that's not switching on at all, let's switch that on. Like That's, the, that's its job. So if those messages are getting through, then the body can do what it needs to do. It's pretty clever. That's, That's like how we're created. So, mm. yeah. So how soon after birth should or can women come and see you? Because obviously what our body goes through, that we've got a belt. It's huge. We've got a baby yeah. going through a pelvis. Yeah. And can you see that th- through birth misalignment can happen because of the birth? Definitely. <laughs> it's a huge process for both mum and bub. Um, it's beautiful, but it's huge. Mm. And I've had mums who have come in to see me. They're in labour. They'll come in that day. They'll go and have their baby. They will come in the next day and they'll get their next adjustment and get their baby checked. And we'll just make sure that everything is aligned and moving wow. both off mum and bub because it's, it's big. It's a big stress on mum and a big stress on bub. So it's important that I mean, it obviously depends. Every mum's in their own space after birth, so I very much so understand that. But the sooner you can get everyone looked at, the sooner the brain can make sure it's getting all the information correctly to both mum and bub. So, Mm. yeah, super important. Mm. But, yeah, I leave that one with mums because big, big thing they've just gone through. And that, I guess, is a perfect lead-in to... Ba- from the baby's perspective, what happens with with babies through birth and how can chiropractic care or, or treatment help the babies recover from birth? Yeah, oh, I love working with little ones. They're so much fun. So obviously, as I was saying, like it's a big stress for both mum and bub, like beautiful but big. And so for little ones, if you think about it, they're going through this birth canal. So there is a whole lot of pushing and pressing on their head and on their neck. And then for some little ones, there's also when there's intervention involved. So there might be um, the use of forceps or the vomtus mm. or C-section. So then there's lots of traction and twisting on their head and neck. So there was some research that was out a while ago and it said that about 90% of babies will have some form of cranial or neck strain after birth, regardless of what type of birth you have. So that's why I think believe it's like super important that as soon as any little baby is born... They get seen by someone who specialises or knows what they're doing with little ones to make sure that everything is moving freely in their cranials, head and neck. Obviously, you want to take shoulders, hips, everything. But if it's all moving freely, then again, the brain can get the information and start helping them have the best start to life. Because if things stay locked up, then hmm, there could be some things that go on. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. So I, would you as a chiropractor be able to tell the if a baby was maybe sitting in the pelvis in an asynclitic or deflex head position, so that's kind of kinked to the side or mm. where they're coming in with, you know, forehead first, that would have effects yeah, on it's them if and Yeah, if they've been in a position for a long time, it's like us, if we're in a position for a long time, mm. um, it's going to impact. Like, And babies are pretty malleable. Like they can be in weird positions. But when they've been in their position for a long time, it can have an impact on their how their body is able to move. So it's like if they've had a breech birth and then their hips are going to be sitting out in a certain way. But we want to make sure that their hips can move properly the whole time that they're growing so that they don't end up with clicky hips or hips that aren't quite sitting in the joint correctly and then they develop incorrectly. So it's the same with heads. If a head's been in a weird position, mm-hmm. we don't want them to then, um, when they're born, just everyone's like, oh, it's okay, they're, they're feeding, they're... Um, pooing they're doing all the things they're meant to do but 
they've kind of always got this little head tilt and they're like, it's not quite torticollis, but it's just sitting like that. And it's okay, they just favour one side, but they're fine. Like they can, they're still doing things. But then you chat to the mum and you're like, how are you going with breastfeeding? They're like, oh, it's really painful on one side and this is mm. going on or like they're really like struggling and the, or like they've got this flat head and we just got told to wait and see. And I'm like, okay, radio. Um, <laughs> I hate wait and see. Um, <laughs> I'm like, let's always try something. Um, but yeah, so anytime babies are born, I'd love to just make sure that because of different positions in utero, the birth process, we just want to make sure that everything's moving so that they yeah, don't have any problems that could be prevented really so mm, and I think um totally f- again from my own experience and, and luckily for me I had a back t- back end of knowledge of anatomy and and massage and, and therapy work so when Taylor Fern my first baby was born when she came out and she was you know two weeks like you know 42 weeks you've been stuck in a position you know she unfortunately didn't come through the, my vagina which I wanted to but it was an emergency but you could see straight away her head was tilted and her foot turned out the other way. And so I could see the whole rhythm from the head all mm-hmm. the way down through the pelvis, all the way down to the foot was twisted. So I started massaging her immediately mm-hmm. as soon as I could, like within the day. I remember some of the health givers coming, providers came around saying, why are you doing that? You know, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have some problems. So we saw an osteo on day four postpartum. Great. Um, and even now I can still see her foot isn't quite right and she's 10. So it's it's really important, isn't it? It's like the foundation blocks, yeah. isn't it, of a child's development? Yep, 100%. And like, as you say, like there are some really noticeable things when babies are born and that's when people will generally try and look into something and fix it. But there can also be things that you might not notice until they're a little bit older. So it could be like a postural thing, like they might have been their foot slightly out but it wasn't too bad but then all of a sudden as they're trying to like walk and run they're tripping and they're doing things so or they might have had their head was as we said tipping to one side a little bit but then as they're growing they're like getting more headaches and they're doing more so or even if they don't if they've just had like a lot of babies will have a bit of cranial tension like with their cranial bones which are in their skull um, locking up and not moving as well and so then they can be the kids that might have more of a flat spot in a certain area or they can just have more more prone to headaches or different things so it's stuff that you just want to if you can work on it early so they don't have postural things or pain or tight muscles when they should be relaxed if we can work on it early it's just easier do you work with um babies that have colic um i do see lots of little ones who are really really unsettled Mm -hmm. um so whether that's wind um reflux constipation Mm. yeah all of the fun things that they come in with so yeah i do see lots of that Um, And we do lots of work. So my job with that is to make sure we kind of look into a bit deeper and go, why? Why Mm. are you getting this? Because colic's not a diagnosis. It's just a symptom. symptom. So we're like, why are you actually getting this? And oftentimes what I've found is it comes back to their jaw, tongue and mouth, head and neck function. Um, I mean, there can be intolerances and all of that. But I've found that if we... So as we were talking about earlier with the birth process position in utero there's lots of pressing on that head there's lots of traction twisting all that stuff going on and so all the information for their tongue and mouth and jaw control and all of that comes from like the base part of their skull the top part of their neck and so if anything in there's locked up which is a lot of little ones after birth um, then the information from their brain to that area is not clear 
And so for them to effectively use their tongue and suck, for them to be able to open up their jaw as wide as they need to, for them, they might have a retracted jaw, they might have a head that, as we said, can only turn a certain way, so then going the other way, they just can't do that. So they're not able to effectively feed, and then they're getting, they're either gulping in wind, or they're not controlling the milk and they're choking, or any of these number of things which causes reflux and colicky symptoms. Mm. So I found that if we can get their head and neck control their jaw control or moving correctly then it helps them to get the information to their tongue and mouth muscles to work as they should I mean there's other things that can go into all of that as well like um, whether they've got any oral restrictions or they've got strong gag reflexes and all of that so we've got to make sure that we look at other things as well Um, but yeah so that's some of the stuff we just look at and I think it's important because a lot of women you know, a lot of mums that I've seen over the years have got colic babies and their doctors really don't know what to say. Like, it's just, oh, you know, that was me with my second baby. Oh, when she gets about 14 weeks, she'll just stop crying. And, and like, 14 oh weeks with a crying baby is a lot. It was that real, wah, yeah. wah, and, um, and I tried everything. And now at the age of seven, she's now got four tongue ties, you know, palate, yep. you know, issues. Narrow palate, high yep. palate, yeah. Yep. Uh, but she was a great feeder, so it was got yeah. it got kind of missed. But you know, it's distressing for the mum. Hugely just love. I love one of my favourite things I've always loved is like getting when mums come in and they're stressed and mm. they're upset and their baby's upset and you listen to what they're saying and what they're really wanting is they're just wanting to be able to absolutely see this little baby for who they're meant to be, not this mm. stressed little one. So then they can just both relax into their mother baby moment rather than being like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. Like, and you just feel like it's all too much. And I love how when I'm assessing the bub, oftentimes you can find out why they're not either feeding well or pooing or sleeping well. And you can start to work on getting... And most of it comes from from what I've noticed anyway, but this might be the people that come and see me. But um, it's to do with if their mouth, tongue and like their tongue, jaw, mouth type function, their head and neck function isn't working well, then they're not able to con- feed effectively and then mm-hmm. they're getting a whole lot of symptoms from that. Mm-hmm. They've also got increased tension in like muscles in their neck and head. Their diaphragm can be tight. All of these things just affect and then they're unsettled. So I love being able to go, okay, this is what's going on with your baby because I've often gone to see numerous people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, just wait and see or try this medication or do that. And they've mm-hmm. tried all these things. And, like, I think it's great that there's everyone out there to help. Um, but I think it's also good that I'm in a place where I'm able to offer my bit. Mm, um, yeah, I love that. And, yeah, mm. help the mummies. I really do. And do you – so the, the mum has the baby and she comes to you hopefully early. Tell us about how a baby, as, as it's growing – you know what's the benefits in keeping going back to see you or seeing at a a Cairo or an osteo yeah yeah so um I think I can bring this like kind of back to like how the birth process regardless of like how your bubby is birthed it still can have an effect on their development so if a baby is born and they had a really beautiful birth they can still have areas that might have been locked up and the brain hasn't been getting the information clearly too those certain areas and then that's going to potentially impact their development so a couple of things that I look at when little ones come in is we obviously check out all their main things that they're in for whether that's like they're not sleeping they're not pooing they're crying all the time they're not feeding just figure out why that's happening Um, but then also like the brain has this beautiful hierarchy 
and it has certain things that it needs to tick off at certain times and then it goes, great, we've done that, now we can do the next thing. And what can happen sometimes because of either stress from birth, stress from feeding, um, stress from falls, being sick, um, some of those things can be missed and then the brain has this extra thing that it's got to deal with all the time so it can create creates more stress for the brain than what it needs and makes things harder for your little one so this can go all the way up into like kids teenagers um, so some of the things I assess when little ones come in is I'll look at their primitive reflexes so they are the automatic movement patterns that your baby is born with and they need to be there for a certain amount of time and then they need to go away and there's a certain order that they have to kind of go away in so that the brain can move on to the next bit so with some of those you might know um, they're rooting and sucking reflexes they're like they need to be there until about two or three months they help them with feeding so when they come in I want to assess if they're in that two three month period that they're there and if they're there they've got to be even and if not why and then we want those to go after about two or three months because they don't need them anymore mm. and then we look at things like their spinal gallant reflex that's their little wiggle one so if you tickle one side of their spine they'll wiggle that way you tickle the other side it'll wiggle the other way and the theory for that one is is that it helps them wiggle out of the birth canal and mm. helps them wiggle up to the breast for like that first kind of like feed mm. um, and then that one sticks around for about five months and if that one stays past that then they're the kids that like if you put a t-shirt on them or they're up against a chair they're kind of like are constantly irritated so it's really hard for them to focus um, and then there's another one called your morostartal reflex. So that's the one where like if there's a loud noise or a fast movement, your little baby will just startle. Its arms will go out. It'll take a big breath in and it'll probably cry and bring its arms back in unless you can catch that moment and try and settle it before it cries. Um, so that one is like super important for those first like four months of their life because it it's kind of like a protective thing for them and it also gets them by moving their arms and legs out, it teaches them where their environment is as well. So it's really good up to that point and then you want it to go if that one sticks around past four months it starts to wire the fight and flight pathways in their brain and then something that's really interesting is around six months their emotional relational brain starts to develop well it's, it's always there but it's like having a bit more fun right now and so what happens is if they've got that fight and flight still in then it's wiring that part in their brain that says I'm not safe and so then when their front part of their brain, which is your like one that makes all your decisions and all of that starts to kick in, um, then they're going to be basing all of their decisions on this like underlying foundation of I'm not safe. So you want to, if we can, and these things you can work on throughout their whole life. So it's not, it's not like, oh no, we've missed it and it's all a problem. Like whenever mum's coming to me with these things, I'm like, I'm like, I always tell them, like, I'll tell you something you need to worry about. Like, but this is all just stuff that can be worked on. So we'll just work on it. Um, but yeah, so if we can catch that, if it's like if someone's coming in and they've got a baby who's had a slightly more stressful start to life, then there's a high chance it'll still be in if they turn up and they're six or seven months old or five years old. <laughs> um, and so we just check that. And then there's ways that you can help that to calm down and exercises they can do to integrate it. So there's always something you can do, but that's just something that I always check with my little ones because obviously birth can be a contributing factor to that. And then... Um, the other fun stuff that I love looking at is all of their gross motor stuff. So are they rolling on time? Have they missed that milestone? Are they rolling tummy to back, back to tummy? Have they skipped one of those? And then the same with like their crawling, sitting, walking. Are they delayed? If so, why? Is there something that's too tight, something that's too weak? Um, has their brain just not been able to – have they still got their asymmetric tonic neck reflex still in, which is then causing them to not be able to cross-pattern things in their brain properly so they can't crawl? Or are they 
did they miss crawling and so they can't cross pattern things in their brain so there's yeah many things that you want to look at when it comes to kids and babies that's amazing so interesting (laughs) again as a new mother you wouldn't no, I mean, you, you do have, I guess, some expectations of, oh, okay, well, they should be rolling or they should be walking by now. But then other people go, oh, they'll just do it in their own time. And oh, if they missed it, it's fine. Yeah. Or that, that one blows my mind. <laughs> it's never come into a, mm, okay, this, maybe we need to explore this. Maybe we need mm-hmm. to, to look at this. So it's so fascinating. Oh, so much yeah. you could go into this yeah. stuff. Mm. But it's just, it's more so that it's, what I love is that if we can look at little ones from, as soon as we can when they're born, regardless of their birth, you can get their brain and body connecting. And if your brain and body's connecting, you're going to have good muscle tone. You're going to have good tongue and mouth function, unless there's a structural reason why not. You're going to have good joint mobility so you can move your head and learn where one side of your body is to your other side. And your brain's going to be able to integrate those reflexes in the correct way. And yes, there can be stresses along the way, like sicknesses or falls and stuff that can impact on those. But that's why... I love seeing them when they're little, but then figuring out what what regular adjusting would work for them to make sure that you're catching things mm-hmm. so that it doesn't build up and then cause things to be delayed or cause things to want to not integrate. So, mm. yeah, I found I find that's why I love it. It's fun. There's so much you can do and so many things. I call them games. I play lots of games with kids. Um, but there's like 30-something games that you just run through with them to see what's going on in their brain and then, yeah, there's just a lot you can do. Here's a it's a bit probably a little bit um, out there, but do you think because we're in this day and age now where you know kids go to school and they start to be, you know, fidget and they're restless and then they get given a label of they've got ADHD or they've got this. Do you think, in your own personal opinion, <laughs> that some of this could be from being missed these missed moments or these moments where their nervous system hasn't learned how to regulate that or. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I know it's a bit um, off the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, not in, I'm not saying that like ADHD, autism, all those things, mm. they, they are real, they exist. Mm. Um, and you obviously want to like be able to work with children who have those to help their nervous system as well. But um, yeah, when it comes to those primitive reflexes, if they're not integrated and your brain's still got those firing in the background then it's going to be harder for those kids to focus and calm and do what they need to do especially in a setting where they've got to follow certain things at certain times or it's it's just harder for them Mm. um so yeah having those something else I would love is like obviously I want everyone to be checked at birth I think that'd be amazing and then also like if they haven't I think getting them checked before going to school just that would be incredible so that Mm. their brain has got everything integrated in the correct order they've got they just don't have those extra stresses on them so when they're going into school however they do that their brain's ready i know it'd be so phenomenal for them it's so hard for children when they haven't when they have got these things you know like both my children had a little bit of sensory one being audio the other one being you know body Mm. and they could feel you could see and i was like wow like there's something quite a little bit amiss here and you go see another practitioner and they they do something amazing and then you're like oh it's not not there anymore yeah. that's amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then your kids able to live their full life like mm. nothing's impeding them which is really and you get to see more of who they are yeah like who they truly are and that's like really special yeah that's why i love like different practitioners for different things like everyone's got their mm. strength and mm. so depending on what each child needs you can go okay you need to see that person or you need to do that and and then these little people become whole and that's just really exciting 
And I and I love that. And I guess, you know, the other thing is for me, because Taylor Fern and Nella Rose are both emergency C-section babies, a lot of people are like, well, you know, your baby hasn't done a massive journey. It just, you don't need to go see anybody. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I do, because they didn't actually <laughs> get all those hormones and the things that they should have done. Um, and, you know, what's your theory on that as, as a finish-up question, I guess? <laughs> you know, do you think that a baby, if it hasn't gone down a vaginal birth, has still got as many chances of having issues with how they're born and those hormones and then how they develop and how their body develops as it's growing? Do you think there's a, a difference there? Um, I wouldn't say... They may have potentially a bit more stress mm. on them, but as sometimes you can have a vaginal birth that goes for 30 hours. Yes. And that's going to be a lot of pressure on the head and neck as well. Mm. It's It just depends. It's like you can do um, C-section births and they do them in the beautiful, calm environments now. Mm, so They do. Like... Each birth has its own bit of stress associated with it, mm. but they can also be beautiful in their own little ways. Yeah. Um, but I think it depends on the birth. Some births are more stressful than others mm. um, and will have more of an impact on their nervous system. That's definitely something that I'll see. Um, so, yeah, obviously the more stressful the birth, the harder the feeding, the more yes. likely to have colicky reflex symptoms, the more likely their nervous system's in fight and flight from birth. Mm. And they're all things that can be worked on, but, yeah. So yeah, I was just trying to think of that in a whole openness because sometimes when you have a C-section, you don't think that your baby's had that big journey, so therefore oh. it doesn't need to see anybody, where I was yeah. even more adamant that yeah. I wanted someone to see my children because gotcha. they didn't have that big journey through the canal and then perhaps they had some other things that weren't quite the way that they're meant to happen when yeah. you have a vaginal, vaginal birth. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, so I see what you're saying. So like with um, C-section births, it's like oftentimes I've seen a few... Um, and then they're like lift it's the amount of traction on the head that's needed yeah. and then they'll be twisting as well mm. so there's more likely that there'll be things locked up in that because there's the twisting mm. and the traction with it um not always but yeah it's a little bit more stress in that sense but yeah so fascinating oh gosh you can just you talk about it for hours we love birth taking time out today to come and talk to us and again hopefully stimulate some questions in women or people birth you know who, who are birthing to just understand a little bit more about your modality and what what you do and how you can help so how could how could our listeners follow you and gain more beautiful insight information mm. or even work with you if they're local on the gold coast in australia yeah, um, well, I've got uh, our Instagram page, which is wellnesswithin.studio, which you can jump on. And I'm always posting up different types of information and exercises and things you can do at home with your little ones if they are delayed in certain areas. And you can also jump on to our website and send us an email if you would like to join up. We've got a newsletter that goes out, again, with um, just more in-depth information that you can then use at home to either assess or... Um, fun facts or little again more games that you can play at home with your little kitties so they're probably the main ways and then if you're wanting to you can book online from the website and pop in and see me and if you're if there's anything that you'd like me to assess if you've had a baby recently I definitely recommend popping in <laughs> um, we'll have a little look at them make sure they're going to thrive and if you're having a baby and you just want to make sure that you're in the best way to have this little one then yeah come in and say hi amazing Aww, thank you thank for your time. you thank you so much we hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. 
To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.